0: But when we do have a shared tragedy or disaster or something like this, usually we rise up together and figure out that the differences fall away and we see the shared humanity and what we've got to do or the shared purpose or the shared goal and go, oh, okay, well, that's what we need to go at. Let's go for that. And frequently our organization is helping teams figure that out without the crisis. Hey,
1: everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Ripple Leader podcast. Uh, If this is your first time here, it's uh, been a little bit since we've recorded an episode, but I'm your co-host for this season, Seth Silvers, and I'm here with Chris Hutchinson. Chris, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. It's a nice, cozy spot you got here.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's it's interesting because when we started this third season of the Ripple Leader Podcast, we didn't necessarily anticipate for it to be a COVID season, but I think that it's kind of the, the issues and the challenges and the leadership questions we've we've talked about in these 10 episodes have i mean it's been in the middle of 2020 2021 kind of this this craziness so i think that these 10 episodes really do look into what has this season what has it given us what challenges as it you know have arisen so i'm curious for this kind of last episode of this season just to hear from you chris and your experience with uh the trebuchet group in your clients and, and even maybe your family. Um, what Are there like some timeless lessons that you feel like have maybe been exposed or, or reinforced for you mm-hmm. as as you look back on, you know, this last year-ish of time?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it, it really has been a year. It's yeah. I remember we were coming back, our team had gone on a exploratory trip to Cuba with another one of our clients who does sort of impact tourism there. And we were coming back and in the airport in Florida and we were hearing these stories and things were starting to get weird. And we're like, just essentially we barely made it out. We didn't realize that because everything started shutting down like next week, a year ago. Hmm. I think for us, well, let me say for me, I'm seeing a lot of leaders that are refocusing on or getting the reinforcement of purpose clarity of what are we doing here, really, rather than just going through the motions, helping people see what's purposeful in their lives because it's coming up. Luckily, I don't know anybody directly who's lost someone to COVID. We've definitely had that. A lot of clients had people sick and oh my gosh, the whole organization would worry. Early on, People didn't say they got COVID. It was almost embarrassing or like a stigma or something. And now people are like, yep, so-and-so has COVID. You know, we're rooting for them. And I just, hearing people really focusing on what's important, thinking about the desire for connection and the desire for a positive impact. Mm -hmm. I also think the world of work has an opportunity to allow people to have focused success where they might not get that in the rest of their lives. And that's no, I can't imagine times to have been more reinforced than this. Where, see, we have this illusion of control that we think things are in our control. Well, being in a pandemic totally punctures that. You're really not in control. You can I mean, you can do things about your health, but things could change. You can do things about helping your clients, and things could change. Um, and for me, also trying to work. How do I support my kids through this? And what are they learning versus what I would love them to be learning? Mm-hmm. They're learning about resilience. They're learning about coping me- mechanisms in the midst of difficulties. I see that in employees. I see it on my kids. I see that on myself, and trying to shift things. Like for instance, I one of the things one of the things I did is said, "Hmm, I'm noticing that I'm eating a lot because of stress. How can I deal with that proactively?" So I'm actually down almost thirty pounds from my COVID high of two hundred thirty pounds, and I you know normally was around two fifteen. Mm -hmm. but I just said, you know what? I want to think about what's my relationship with, what's the purpose of eating and what I'm going to do. So that was a very broad answer to your question, but I think there's lots of places that people are working on purpose and connection and application of themselves. Well, yeah. And
1: I mean, even for, for us and for my family, I think it's challenged. It's definitely challenged us in relation to purpose and kind of asking that question of what is important. And I, I do think that we'll look back on this season and see it as a gift uh, and see some of the things that it's created. It's certainly not a the, the tragedy side of it is no gift and the pain Absolutely. side is, is no gift. But right. I think that I do think many people will look back on this season and realize that this season has forced many of us to um, ask ourselves about purpose, to ask ourselves about what we value. I've seen that for us and even just, we've me and my wife, we've both had work. We've both gotten paid every month and we're super grateful for that in the Mm -hmm, last year. mm -hmm. And so it's really easy to look at that and that, you know, nobody in our immediate family that we know has died. We have known people who have gotten very sick. Um, and so it's easy to look at that. And for a while we were saying like, well, you know, nobody, nobody that we know immediately has died and we've had work. So like we're grateful for that. But then we started looking into it and realizing, well, there was you know, my wife's teacher and there was a lot of after-school work that she did with kids, a lot of tutoring, a lot of one-on-one mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. And um, she was a volleyball coach and a lot of extra things that added a lot of purpose and value to oh. her interaction with her kids that's been taken away. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah. know, she usually spends her summer nannying for her family. That was taken away. Uh, and even, you know, things like a weekly small group um, for us through church, that was that was shifted, um, and so we kind of looked into it and we realized, like, actually, there's a lot of a lot of things that are very important to us uh, that have changed. Um, you know, I used to meet with clients a lot more often in person and mm-hmm. get to go and spend time with other business owners, and that was helpful for me. And so I do think that it's it's kind of brought to the surface this big question of what do you value in work and in personal lives. And, um, so I've definitely seen some of the, I, I can relate to that because I've seen, I've seen that in our own life where from the outside it's like, well, like maybe it wasn't as bad for us as it has been for other people. But this, this season, I think has, it's, I think it's, it's wanting all of us <laughs> mm-hmm. if the COVID season had a personality or something, it's like, I think that this season kind of, it does, it, it's good for all of us to be really asking what do we what do we value and what's important to us and i i I think that's really strongly coming
0: hopefully out of this
1: season for me
0: Mm -hmm. i think it does ask that well i'm sure there's a range but i can think of two different sort of avenues a lot of people are sort of like just get this behind us just move forward just sort of get it in the rear view mirror and then i think there's other people who are going to have experienced some loss or some challenge that they, they will remember this as that challenge. I think for a lot of people, there's an opportunity here. And I, I guess I think as a leader, not that I am bestowing wisdom onto my team or anything, I could ask the question, hey, what are we learning here? What, what are we What have we seen that's reinforced that was there all the time we didn't realize how important it was? in the way we connect and the questions we ask each other. We've, we've done a, for instance, we did a, every day we do a quick huddle. And I remember when we first started, people were like, uh, really? you know, Come on, it's 15 minutes, do we need to do that? I don't like death by update. I think that we should have update as, as brief as possible. And then we started asking ourselves some questions. And I know, I'm trying to think what the question was. A couple of days, we're still doing it, and the questions are just slowly getting a little deeper and a little deeper and a little deeper to where We've had five, 10-minute conversations that weren't a work conversation. They weren't just, okay, well, how are you doing? Yeah, what do you got to do? All right, great. Uh, I'll help you with this. I could use some help in that. We're gone. We would do those. But we've gotten some questions really know each other and and understand where we're similar and where we're different and deeply respecting how we can work together Mm -hmm. and each other. And I, I think we've been able to tackle tougher subjects. We've talked about equity and diversity and inclusion and how, what's our role in that, how do we step into that? Um, that's a That's been something that's come up, I think. Something of, it, again, things we could take for granted until they're gone or until mm. it's exposed that we don't have it or it's different. I think that's the advantage here. And, and I guess the other piece is, and I'm thinking about, I'm pretty sure we talked about it on one of our initial podcasts at the beginning of this is is what's the role of the leader? And I, I, think I shared the, you know, tsunami's coming, but we've never seen it before. But you know where high ground is, and so and so knows where a radio is, and I know where a truck is, and so we rapidly assemble our resources and knowledge and understanding and deal with something we've never dealt with before. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, kind of COVID, you know, yeah. sort of thing. And I think a lot of companies, if they're doing well as an organization, have done that to where we've never seen this before and yet we have skills and abilities we can put to play if we work together and communicate right and so it's an opportunity to do things that to, to help people right
1: and i think i mean this has been unique because it has affected everybody it's affected everybody in yeah. the world and and i don't know if we will have another situation in in my lifetime where there's such commonality for anybody in the world mm-hmm. um it would be really, really interesting. And I'm sure there's some tribes and some very remote communities that probably have no idea what's going on, Right. but very few people. Initially, any of the educated world or world that has access to technology has this common, not enemy, but this commonality of, okay, we've all gone through this season. Right. So I, I don't know if anything with like that will happen again, but this aspect of my world being shifted upside down or mm-hmm. my work mm-hmm. or how my work is done. I mean, right. we've had a huge, we've had a huge pivot in our services over the last year.
0: Yeah, how's that affected you and your team?
1: Yeah, I think it's been, uh, I mean, it's been interesting for sure. I think we saw there was a kind of a sliver of our services. It was something we were doing that then COVID brought the need for that way up. And mm. so um, it, initially it was like oh you know this is going to be not that the tragedy is going to be great for us but this this shift towards um you know doing more podcasts and marketing in that way is going to be interesting for us i i learned it doesn't that just because there's more need for your services doesn't solve your problems <laughs> so right um right. i think there's been the last like five months in particular has really been being more honest more transparent getting more support with some of the business problems Mm -hmm. that I've just kind of said I'll deal with later or whatever and kind of facing, whether it's just knowing things aren't organized, knowing things internally aren't as, as clean or as smooth as they should be. So I think it's, it's been interesting for us because um, business has been up, but that doesn't mean it's been easy. Right. Um, And so I think that it's kind of helped me to realize that this might not happen in such a wide, range again mm-hmm. but it will happen like something yeah. like this in a sense of where uh there goes a year where business now is fairly unrecognizable to what business was a year ago mm-hmm. um and that that's going to happen for people that's going to continue to happen and so i think the resilience piece of like figuring out in in learning what we can learn so that we can hopefully maintain some of those lessons through whatever the next you know upheaval. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I mean, and
0: and I think you said resilience, and I I, I think that's a key. It's sort of resilience and adaptability are traits that are reinforced in the situation we're in, and they've absolutely been something that's been vital for mm-hmm. the lifetime of human organizations. You know, which ones were able to be resilient and adaptable to new situations right. are the ones that continue to grow and survive, and I think that. This is, I mean, if you took the the all the stuff you just said and just lopped off the COVID that happened before it, it would be the same stuff of like, well, we would learn this lesson about our services might not be a need when things change, and that doesn't always solve your problems. And all those pieces, all that learning, is something that is independent but sparked by that challenge. Mm-hmm. one of the, I'm a big fan of Patrick Lencioni, and we talk a lot about a rallying cry. That he says is basically, and it's it's very ironic to read some of these things that we've written before that said, well, you know, because to some extent, even though a lot of people have gone through this, we've gone through different experiences. But when we do have a shared tragedy or disaster or something like this, usually we rise up together and figure out. The, the differences fall away and we see the shared humanity and what we've got to do or the shared purpose or the shared goal and go, oh, okay, well that's what we need to go at, let's go for that. And frequently our organization is helping teams figure that out without the crisis. So we have a gift of a crisis that basically puts that on and also has layered upon interpretation differences, political differences, It's it's a little bit distressing for me at times to look at that and go, well, some people have sort of either in denial or just see a very different reality and they don't believe it's a problem. Or you know, And so unless we all see this as a shared challenge, mm-hmm. it's hard to come up with a, a, a joint solution. Yeah. When we do though, we can get past the silos, whether that's in society or in your team, right? This, the, the people are making the stuff happen and the people are dreaming it up or you know, how much are they working together? Is marketing and engineering working as a team or are they just seeing themselves as I gotta go do my job? So there's a, there's a continued benefit in having something that's challenging what we're doing and then figuring out how do we respond to that together, not only to overcome that challenge, but to be better for the next challenge. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the part here is if people, I hope that people do some self-reflection on like, what did we learn, not only in the actual technical do X instead of Y, right. how did we work together? What was that feeling like? How can we get back to that and say, you know, the next turbulence, we rallied before, we got clear, people threw things on the table, we were able to quickly prototype. This is, I'm saying for us, we, my company. We were able to look at things, prototype stuff, say, okay, that was an experiment, we learned this from that. That was an experiment, we learned this from that. Meanwhile, we're trying to add value to clients and people who aren't clients, just to help them get through this so that we can make a positive impact. And I feel really good about that. We wasn't always successful in terms of we got as, many, as much impact as we wanted to have, and i know that we felt good about what we did and i hope that other people looked at it and said wow there's positive movement there's possibility there's something maybe it sparked something in someone yeah yeah i i think that the
1: it's interesting to hear how it's you know what it what it's looked like for you guys i th- i think one of the lessons i'm walking away from it is my business has been fairly independent, like in a sense of it's. It's kind of been me. My team has fluctuated over the years. You yep. know, we've kind of ballooned a couple times, and you know, right now I have a handful of contractors in in different places that that we're working with. And we have a pretty good system, but I think that I've realized that I need a team. I need to be a part of a team mm-hmm. because I didn't necessarily feel the. Maybe the the negative effects of kind of just doing all the work on my own and, and it mostly being me, I didn't really feel those effects before all of this, and I think probably because you know you're seeing people more often in different mm-hmm. you, all there's all these layers right where you know there was regular interaction and different things. I think this year has shown me that what's sustain what's more sustainable for me personally, work wise and value wise, is is going to be to be you know, to really have a team and to figure out. And so some of the challenges this year have been figuring out, you know, how, how to build that team, um, how to, you know, what that, what that team looks like. And so I think that's been one thing where there's, it's almost like there's, there's challenges that you, you don't really know are challenges until a, a tragedy or a se- interesting season kind of strips away some of the things that are covering that up. Yeah. And oh, then yeah. you start to realize like, cause, cause I think like there's been times where it's been, you know, great i can work from my you know private office or my home and and that's wonderful but then you know it it does wear on you just being by yourself a lot and so Mm -hmm. i think just kind of beginning to again go back to that question of you know what do we value um there's got to be some kind of some kind of collectiveness for me. Like there's gotta be some kind of like working with other people and with a team. And so mm-hmm. I think it's ex- exposed is an interesting word. I, yeah, think, I think that that's good like, to say it, expo- uh, I think this last year has exposed um, quite a few challenges, uh, you know, professionally, but also personally that really do, I think that do come back to the question of, you know, what, what do we value? What things are we, you know, why are we doing the things that we are doing um, and I, I, I would hope my, I, I hope that people will kind of head out of the season more more intentional about mm-hmm. what we're valuing and, and even like what our purpose is. I've known a lot of people that it's really this season has really focused them to, to ask themselves kind of what's what's my purpose with with the work that I'm doing? Mm-hmm. I think there's nothing more exhausting than realizing you're a hamster running on a wheel um, and mm-hmm. like not knowing, you know, feeling disconnected from the purpose. Yeah. Of it. so I, I've seen that in in myself but also in a lot of other people too of just asking that question of you know we we have to have we have to have some kind of sense of purpose behind the work that we're doing because otherwise any in a time like this it just it feels exhausting. Well and I think
0: I think too I totally agree with you and I think it's around how how lasting is that purpose One of the things that I've done for myself and frequently do for clients is take whatever's happening now, and put it on an extended time frame mentally. You know, it's a the little thought experiment of, uh, for instance, and I may have brought this up before, working with a company that has the goal to be in business 100 years. There's this thing called the Tugboat Institute, and they, I think you have to make $5 million revenue. We're not there yet, so I can't get in. And I have clients that are part of that where they talk about what are the principles to be able to last 100 years. Mm-hmm. And when I'm working through a challenge, like even this kind of stuff, it's like, well, yeah, there's a paycheck or whatever we're doing, or maybe we have an employee that's having a hard time. Um, if you look at it within a quarter or a half year or a year, the kind of answers to solve that problem are very different than you look on a 100-year scale. So if you take, like for instance, uh, Enron's a great example, right? They had profitability or the way they looked over everything. If they had actually taken profitability and put it on a 100-year scale, they'd still be here. But it was it was very short-term profitability, money, and in the hand that wasn't real. And they did everything to maximize that profit and therefore a stock price. But if, if you took something even with it is sort of repugnant like that and said, well, if they looked at how would you be profitable for hundred years, they would have done the right things. So what I'm hoping is, I guess the connection, is that while we're dealing with something right now that worked or didn't work, we have a purpose like, yeah, I wanna get food on the table, I wanna have my family, I gotta to go to work, I wanna feel a little bit of value. Well, if you take that over a longer period of time and say past COVID, past whatever, what is it that you want? And I think those are the things that can sustain you. It's not, hey, that was a cool client thing. It's like, I've made a difference in the world by serving someone. Mm -hmm. They have a clearer picture, and therefore more people are being helped by their service or their product. Right. So I, th- I think it's, you know, use the ripple analogy. The reason I use that is because it's like, how many times can that stone skip? How far out can you get that impact and have it be hopefully a positive one? Um, can then, that's purpose. That's like, that's the impact I'm making over time, which I might have to figure out a lot of different ways to do that versus, well, that stone was stupid. I'm not going to do that again. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a, the connection. It's, it's just yeah. like, I think it's, you know, we we have the opportunity here. We could see it as this was a crappy time that was rough or this is exposing the things that really matter for me. And how do I not let, not fall back into that space of it just sort of taking it for granted. Right.
1: Because the nature of the word resilience is that things are going to happen again. You Absolutely. don't build resilience for one right. thing. You build it because you are preparing for other things to happen. And so yep. I do... I mean, it's just, I think, I think a lot has been stripped away. Like certainty has been stripped away for a lot of people for almost everybody. I I feel like in some way, um, you know, maybe some people have had more certainty with work than others, but a lot of people, the certainty of, of work. I mean, I think for people on, you know, some of the frontline workers, but even some of the workers in like the service industry, it's like, I don't think they really ever imagined that there would be a world where. Americans were not going and drinking beer at night. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think certainty has been stripped away uh, on so many different levels, whether it's work or health. Um, And I think that that does, it kind of lays, it it exposes your foundation. And being in the like storytelling space, Mm -hmm. we, we wrote an article a couple years ago talking about how, you know, story, like authentic marketing and storytelling it kind of exposes like the best and the worst of brands. Like if, if as consumers, if our expectation right. becomes that a that a company will share their story, then for the companies that are only in it for the profit, well, it's really hard. Cause you're gonna have to either make up a story and hope you trick your customers, or right. you just don't really have much to stand on. For the companies that have a really valuable story that provides an opportunity for connection. And so I think in a similar way, uh, all of this has has exposed mm-hmm. all of us and stripped us of a lot of certainty and even of a lot of the comforts that we were maybe covering up some of our things going on in our lives with. Mm-hmm. And I think I've seen it professionally. I've seen it in our work uh, in, in Story On where uh, it certainly has exposed uh, just business issues finance issues, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. things that are not related to COVID, but this season has exposed right. and shown, okay, here's some really good things about our business and here's some really bad things about our business that need to be fixed. And I think it's happened personally too, where people have, it's like whatever foundation you have, it's probably been exposed this year. Yeah. Um, and and I, I hope that we can all recognize the challenge of that and the encouragement of that to build a stronger foundation figure out what we value most and, and kind of build the, that resilience around those values. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I think, and I like the foundation analogy, the one, and, um, I, I went on a canoe trip once down the Shenandoah River when it was at low water level and it was constant dodging these rocks. And many of them, when my friend and I went by, you'd see these shiny spots with some flecks of paint in it, like we call it canoe blood, you know, because somebody had hit that, whoop, missed that one, missed, you know. Um, and I think of that like the rocks are always there, they they haven't moved for millennia, right? Or you know maybe been worn yeah. down a little bit, but that water having low water in there, you you realize where the rocks are. You may hit some. Uh, we we did we left some canoe blood on some rocks because we didn't know it was there, but it was there. And I think whether that's in my relationships with people privately or in the company or how we're working together or the challenges our clients are facing or heck, even in our society, those rocks are there. I think understanding them, knowing they're there gives you a couple things. People can start, you can listen to, hey, there's a rock over here. And if you're like, yeah, I've never seen a rock over there before. I'm not going to worry about it. You don't have the advantage of somebody else's different perspective to perhaps dodge that rock Mm -hmm. in your company, knowing that there are... um, you know, so can we all rally to figure out well, where we're we going and how we're we going to get there? And oh, well, by the way, I probably need you to push away from that rock, or can you help us paddle that way? Not just announce it to someone. So as a leader, my responsibility is how can I activate the whole team so we all we're sharing our insights to see like where are the rocks? And also, there's that the line about smooth seas don't make skilled sailors. We're actually going to be better at dodging, seeing, dodging rocks even when we do get some more water Yeah, because those rocks are still there and there may be a bigger one that's right under the surface that could just tear a hole mm-hmm. in our boat. So I see it, I guess the responsibility I see for leaders or the opportunity is to how can we work together better to understand what's happening, to choose courses, to feel ownership in that collectively and then work work towards that and I think there's a lot of power in that for teams. Yeah, You could panic. Everybody could freak out. Oh, my God, rocks everywhere. Jump overboard. You know, that can happen. Um, but if we work and work together well, we can see this actually gives us a better way to, in the future, navigate rocks that are there. Right.
1: Yeah. And I, I think, you know, as we bring this to a close, I think that's the... It, it feels overly simplistic to just say let's learn from it, mm-hmm. but I think that at the end of the day, like approaching the last year and approaching this, you know, season of COVID for for a lot of people, um, approaching it with a mindset of what can I learn from it? Yeah, you know, I think that that really is the most important thing and the most important question that we can be asking as leaders, um, and and I think the people that I'm worried about. Uh, are the ones that, you know, they're, they're not trying to learn from it. They're not trying, you know, they're-
0: no, trying not to learn probably. Because yeah, right? yeah. like I just, you know, if I, if I close my eyes, the truck won't hit me. Exactly. A- and that's not a really safe place to be. I, I, I hope that um, our listeners would think about spending some time, pull out a sheet of paper or a blank document, and just kind of like, what have I learned? Asking the question, what have I learned that's been helpful? What have I learned that's maybe even painful? And then do that self-reflection. Also, like what's real versus what have I told myself as a story that's been helpful or not. Mm -hmm. Then the next piece is saying, all right, so what am I gonna do about it? What does that point me toward? What are the steps that I wanna take? And I think I'm an intermittent uh, journaler at best. And when I've done that journaling and seeing, like, let me reflect on this point. It gives me sort of the bottom of the pool to launch off of. It gives me a place that's grounded. So I'm not like, well, I kind of learned a lesson back then. So I would say even taking what you just said and making it concrete as much as possible, like where am I now, what are we learning? Do that once a quarter, and I think you'll see these stair steps that are getting right. you out of this difficult situation. Yeah, absolutely, and and I think that one thing that we will
1: find, and that listeners, you will find, is you, you never know what lesson now will then kind of come later, and that even lessons that will arise now that wouldn't have, Mm-hmm. without you know this big kind of transition of this year and one of the m- most encouraging stories and just kind of fun stories that I read over the last year uh, was reading um, a little bit about the the plague back in the 16th 17th century yeah and um, when it hit it was kind of starting to spread a lot through England and it uh, had hit Oxford and so Oxford totally shut down mm-hmm Initially the, the whole entire country of England shut down for about a year. Um, and so there's this young guy at Oxford that went home and um, went to his farm and he was initially stuck at his farm for about two years. And he pretty much went up to his attic and he continued to learn. He continued, like he used that season as an opportunity to learn all that he could and then continue studying, continue developing his skills. Um, and he was sitting outside of his farm one day looking at an apple tree and an apple falls. And he asked the question of why did the apple fall down instead of to the left or to the right? And that was Isaac Newton. Mm-hmm. And that was where the theory of gravity came from. And, in this little attic while he was pretty much quarantined for two years because of the plague, that was where, you know, he discovered or kind of, you know, put on paper some of the theories of compound interest and the laws of thermodynamics and all of these different things calculus that now have to- Yeah. Calculus. Calculus was invented by a, you know, some young guy up in an out, up in an attic. During so, a pandemic. Yeah. During a pandemic. And so, um, pandemics are not encouraging, but I think it is encouraging to realize that if we commit ourselves to learning as leaders, um, you never know what you're going to stumble upon. And, uh, those lessons are probably going to be pretty needed for the future things that you're going to deal with. Cause I think we would all say that whether you like calculus or not, calculus has been really important to human development, understanding of gravity. All of those things have been pretty instrumental for us moving forward and moving through other challenges. So I think I was encouraged by that story of just like, Mm -hmm. we just, we have to commit to trying to to learn in this season. And we don't, who, who knows what those lessons
0: will turn into? And you don't have to reinvent calculus because that's already there. So the bar is way yeah, lower. Exactly. You just have to discover your own purpose and help your team and yeah. figure out how you want to be more focused on that deliberately over the next however long you want to be in business. Yeah,
1: uh, absolutely. And I, I think that that question of just what can I learn? you know, well, What is what is yep. this season exposing or learning I think is is an important thing for us all to walk away with. So Well said. Chris, thank you. This is, this has been great. In Likewise, our, our unintended COVID season <laughs> of podcasting. Who who
0: would have known? We didn't know when we started. Yeah, that.
1: but it's been good. And and if this is the first season episode that you're listening to, I encourage you go and go and listen to our other ones um, as well, where you you kind of hear us talking at different times throughout this throughout the pandemic, but talking about some other things with regards to teams and leadership and how how do you actually lead through challenging seasons? So. Grace, thank you. This is this has been wonderful. Thanks so much, Seth.